You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance, go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you. One and all, I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. This is the first show of 2017 for us. And before we go much further, I just wanted to take a few moments to send out Uh, Lots of very, very, very deeply felt thank yous to you all who uh, sent in such kind messages and such uh, wonderful well wishes 
during the last three weeks when we were off the air, we ran some uh, old shows, some uh, reruns, as it were, but we were off there for a variety of reasons, including the fact that Professor Porterfield tried to get pneumonia, but I did not. <clears throat> and so I am back and healthy, and the new year has started, and we are blowing and going. So we're so happy to have you with us here in 2017, and we are going to do fantastic and amazing things here on the Now You Know Show in 2017. We're going to have some new formats. We're going to have some new segments. We're going to have a year of wonder and amazement. So get ready for that. It's all coming up. Well, just to bring you up to speed on what's going on here, it's 28 damn degrees outside right now here in beautiful Denton, Texas. Uh, where the secondary LMC studio is. Our primary studio, of course, is in uh, Forestville, California. But, of course, we have uh, the backup studio here in Denton, Texas, and uh, one of the repeaters here as well. 28 degrees, howling, wailing, the wind, uh, you know, etc. So uh, I know that right about now everybody's going to be going, oh, it's a lot colder where I am, or, well, it's a lot warm. Well, this is Texas, pal. I live in Texas. Okay, I don't live like, you know, if I lived, if I lived in Montana, I'd just be going, well, it's, it's freaking winter. You know, what do you want? Uh, we had to bring the cows inside so they didn't die. But we're not used to this shit here. Meanwhile, also to bring you up to speed, some of y'all have gone out your dang minds. Oh, yes. Some y'all. <laughs> Talk about meat before wolves. Well... Some of y'all, note that I'm not using the Bob Dylan U or even the positive inclusive Smokey the Bear U. I'm just using the Southern some y'all. Some of y'all have been very emboldened by the uh, election of old Donnie J. And uh, we here at the Now You Know show have had our fair share of uh, returns for it. We've gotten just a slew, a slew of mail uh, here. This is piling up, you know, piling up in the office. So um, we're going to try to address some of that before we go any further uh, into uh, the show. And, and we will be naming names because some of you did not ask to have your names protected. So we're not going to protect your names. Um, uh, Mr. Allen, uh, Mr. Jeff Allen. Uh, we want to say thank you so much for now your multiple letters. Uh, we appreciate your multiple letters. We are all fine. Um, we are not currently possessed by evil spirits or bringing about the end of the world uh, due to false prophecy, uh, as you seem to feel that, that we are. Um, and uh, we, we want to thank you uh, so much uh, for, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, being a, a brother in Christ. Uh, as you are, and, and, and warning us of our evil ways, we're probably going to keep doing them. So, but still, thanks. Thank you, Mr. Allen. Thank you, Mr. Jeff Allen, for your concern. Um, we appreciate that. 
Um, also, we want to uh, say to all of those who have told you that told us or sent us letters, uh, including Alice. Hi, Alice, and um, uh, Alice and Greg and Martin. Amongst the three, there are more, but those are the three names that we have: Alice and Greg and Martin, who have told us that now we need to watch our mouths and get back to uh, just teaching hoodoo and not talking about race or politics, and and that'll learn us. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? We're gonna we're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna keep doing that. The thing where we talk about politics and race and how it relates to hoodoo and the culture of hoodoo and our community, totally, totally going to keep doing that. So, so thank you. Um, I understand that apparently you feel since your candidate has become president of the United States, you can now threaten me, but that's cool. Uh, we're going to totally keep talking about race, etc. Et on the show here in front of the mic, and we're going to keep doing it. Until the sponsor pulls us, that that's true. That's totally going to do that. So so just want Alice and Greg and and Martin to to know that. Sorry guys, sorry guys. Uh, Sally, Sheila, and uh, Sarah. I don't know why you all start with S's. Uh, but Sally, Sheila, and Sarah. Um, we want to uh, thank you for your letters. Your letters were very very kind. And they meant a lot to us. And thank you so much for telling us to keep on fighting the good fight and, you know, that you listen uh, every week and that uh, you, 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 you hope, you hope uh, that, uh, you know, things are going well here. And they are. And thank you, ladies, so much for your kind messages. That was very, very sweet of you. And we mean that. We really do appreciate you and hope, hope you're listening. Hope you're listening tonight. Oh, uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, uh, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac and Larry and uh, uh, Isaac and Larry and a few others. Uh, yes, we're totally going to talk about stuff as it happens. And so our other show here on the uh, LMC uh, radio network, uh, you really should look forward to tuning in to uh, In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Uh, I know she's going to be talking about it. I guarantee you that as things happen, uh, Candela's Corner is going to be uh, talking about it. And uh, I assure you that, uh, you know, as 2017 goes on and as we have our own little kind of Orwellian Hunger Game dystopian little moment, um, we're going to totally be reporting that stuff and talking about it. So, Thank you for your concern. No, we are going to keep talking about it. Uh, and, and, and you did write us positive letters, uh, all of you, uh, uh, hoping that we would. And yes, we will. So also coming up sooner than you might think, my friends, get ready. That's right. Get ready because very, very soon now, very soon, tickets will be going on sale for the 2017 10th Annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival held in beautiful, fantastic Forestville, California, where our main studios are on Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th of May. They will be going on. Tickets will be available very, very soon, so look to get your ticket 
as soon as possible. Start making your reservations. Start preparing for the festival. Because I can tell you, it is my honor to be one of the individuals that helps put this festival together every year. And then they have me in there to emcee the thing. And I've got to be telling you, pals, this is going to be a fantastic, this is going to be a fantastic uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival. I mean, they're always really good. But we've got some, some really, really great people coming to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival this year. You're going to see fantastic readers, amazing workshops, uh, fantastic books. We're going to have wonderful goodie giveaway bags with just so much value. We're going to have some young up-and-coming new folks there. We're going to have some some of the older, well-established folks there. It's going to be across the board. You do not want to miss it. And, hey, I'm going to be there. So come on out and see me. Come out and see me. You can actually walk up. You can, like, touch me and stuff and be like, oh, I touched you. I'll be there. So that's our news bringing you up to date here at the Now You Know Show. We have one final announcement we want to make uh, before we go over to the LMC radio newsroom. Tonight, the news is going to be read by your friend and mine, Philip Patchy Fogg. And I want to take a few moments to say something. Uh, Phil Fogg has been in radio here uh, with us at the LMC and before that with uh, WFAA and other radio stations throughout Texas, <clears throat> Oklahoma, and Arkansas uh, for, for decades, for decades. And uh, in fact, he's had uh, 46 years 46 years of being a professional radio announcer, uh, newsreader, um, investigative journalist, and even for a small amount of time, a, 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 a DJ. And uh, this is going to be Phil's last uh, broadcast. He's retiring. And uh, he's, we had, we had uh, his retirement party today uh, in uh, the break room. And so this is it, folks. This is it. This is uh, Phil's last moment on radio, and so we wish him well in his retirement. Uh, he's already bought a Winnebago with one of them outlines of the United States that you get all the state stickers and put them in to make the you know entire continental United States. Although I guess Phil might try to drive it to Hawaii if he could find a way. So... Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go over to the LMC Radio Newsroom and Patchy Fogg. Good evening. This is Philip Fogg reading the news. Today is Thursday, January 5th, the fifth day of 2017. There are 74 days until spring begins and 360 days left in the year. The 6th and 7th will be auspicious days to cut firewood, cut hair to increase growth, mow to increase growth, dig holes, wax floors, paint, get married, advertise to sell, and to buy clothes. The 6th and 7th will also be fine days for planting beans, peppers, cucumbers, melons, and other above-ground crops where client is suitable, and will be fair days for morning fishing. 
today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 1957, when President Dwight D. Eisenhower proposed assistance to countries to help them resist communist aggression in what became known as the Eisenhower Doctrine. Also on this date, in 1781, the British Naval Expedition, led by Benedict Arnold, burned Richmond, Virginia. In 1895, French Captain Alfred Dreyfus, convicted of treason, was publicly stripped of rank. He was ultimately vindicated. In 1905, the National Association of Audubon Societies for the Protection of Wild Birds and Animals was incorporated in New York State. In 1925, Democrat Nellie Taylor Ross of Wyoming took office as America's first female governor, succeeding her late husband William following a special election. In 1933, construction began on the Golden Great Bridge. The work was completed four years later. In 1949, in his State of the Union address, President Harry S. Truman labeled his administration the Fair Deal. In 1953, the Samuel Beckett play, Waiting for Godot, premiered in Paris. In 1970, Joseph A. Yabolensky, an unsuccessful candidate for the presidency of the United Mine Workers of America, was found murdered with his wife and daughter at their Clarksville, Pennsylvania home. UMWA President Tony Boyle and seven others were convicted of or pleaded guilty to the killings. In 1972, President Richard Nixon announced that he had ordered development of the space shuttle. And finally, in 1983, President Ronald Reagan announced he was nominating Elizabeth Dole to secede Drew Lewis as Secretary of Transportation. Dole became the first woman to head a cabinet department in Reagan's administration and the first to head the DOT. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to former Vice President Walter F. Mondale, who is 89, actor Robert Duvall is 86, Juan Carlos, former King of Spain, is 79, singer-musician Anthel Guy of The Seekers is 77, talk show host Charlie Rose is 75, actress-director Diane Keaton is 71, Rhythm and blues musician George Funky Brown of Cool and the Gang is 68, and actor Clancy Brown is 58. We also wish to send out very special LMC birthday greetings to air members Deacon Millette, whose birthday will be on the 9th, and Professor Ames, whose birthday will be on the 11th of this month. Our thought for today comes from George Washington Carver, American educator and scientist, born 1864, died this day in 1943, who said, quote, How far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong, because someday in your life, you will have been all of these. I am Philip Fogg, and I have been all of these. Thank you. And now, the lucky numbers. 
lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky numbers. Hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in group of dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you the eleven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. I said I wasn't gonna, I uh, wasn't gonna, you made, made me tear up there at the end. Well, we Wish you well, Patchy. And for the rest of us, we do indeed have this week's Lucky Numbers, brought to you by ProfessorPorterfield.com. Back in business and ready to help you, why not stop on by ProfessorPorterfield.com and take a look. And this week's Lucky Numbers are 11, 17, 19. 25, T9, and 30. Once again, those numbers are 11, 17, 19, 25, 29, and 30. And I have to tell you that those are particularly good numbers this week. Extremely auspicious. They came through clear as a bell. So pay attention to them. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 179, that's 179, 252, that's 252, and 333, that's 333. 333, 333 is hot right now and will continue to be very hot up until Saturday when it will drop off a bit, starting Sunday. 252 will start to have more preeminence all the way through Tuesday, and then from Tuesday to next Thursday, 179 will be the hottest of the three. But try them all, you might have some luck. The card of the week is the Six of Hearts, the Road of the Heart. New love or meetings, unexpected happiness. This is a week of joining and joy, a good week to pursue new love or start relationships. Tend to those you love this week and take the time to go and do something fun with them. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, oh, remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, your friend and mine, Miss Loretta, with Cooking with Miss Loretta.
again, and a happy and prosperous and wonderful new year to you all. I'm so pleased to be back here, and it has been such a fun holiday season. We had all the kids and the grandkids in, and oh, Lord, we just cooked and laughed, and I was was very worried because I did not know how my children, who are grown, they all have kids of their own, I didn't know how they were going to take to the fact that, you know, I had gotten married, and this was our first family get-together, as it were. None of them could make it to the wedding because, well, Alfred and I just ran off and (laughs) eloped. But it went wonderfully, and they are all so happy for us, and I'm so happy that we got that time together. Tonight, I have an award-winning recipe that comes to us from Miss Ray Jane Williams of Shirts, Texas. And Miss Ray Jane Williams has graced us this week with her lemon thyme chicken. Now, the ingredients for this recipe, which we, of course, will post up into the chat room as we go along. They always take care of that for me, is... You will need the juice from three lemons, six sprigs of fresh thyme, three cloves of garlic minced, two tablespoons of salt, one tablespoon of red pepper flakes or to taste, two-thirds a cup of olive oil, and one pound of chicken thighs and drumsticks. Now, you can use, if you would prefer, you can use wings and breasts, but the thing I want you to remember is that white meat is not as sweet as dark meat, and it will change the flavor of this recipe. And if you do use chicken breasts, you will want to Cook this a little bit longer, uh, otherwise they will be a little dry and flavorless. This is a super easy and wonderful, wonderful uh, recipe from Ray Jane Williams. And I have used it many times. And what you're going to do to cook this is preheat your oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. While that's heating... In a bowl, add the juice of the lemons, the leaves from the thyme sprigs, the minced garlic, salt, red pepper flakes, and olive oil. Meanwhile, rinse your chicken and put it into a plastic bag. That's right, a plastic bag. Now, once it's in that plastic bag, add the juice and oil mixture And let it sit refrigerated for at least 15 minutes. You can refrigerate this in the marinade for longer. Uh, It can go as long as you would like, up to 24 hours. Done that, place the chicken in a casserole dish, reserving the marinade for later. And let it bake for 30 minutes at 425 degrees. 
pour the marinade onto the chicken and bake for an additional, this is a further 20 minutes or until golden brown and crispy on top. Take out of the oven, let it rest for five minutes. I tell people this all the time. You have to let certain dishes, particularly meat dishes, rest for just a little bit of time. So just take it out of the oven, let it rest for five minutes, and serve with mashed potatoes or rice pilaf for a perfect dinner that your whole family will enjoy. It is so quick and simple and easy. It's also very economic, and I think that you and your family will love it as much as I and mine have, and we just want to thank once again Mrs. Ray Jane, that's R-A-J-A-N-E Williams of Shirts, Texas, for this wonderful recipe that she has won so many awards for. So that's the recipe for this week. Hope you all enjoy, and we'll see you again with something yummy for your family and your table. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you, Miss Loretta. That sounded like a, a very nice little recipe. I hope uh, we might have to try that here in the house ourselves. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week, our topic is the successful worker. Is the, is the worker successful? Did he do something to deserve it? Or is he just a lucky man? White horses and ladies by the score, all dressed in satin and waiting by the door. Ooh, what a lucky man he was! They made up his bed A gold-covered mattress On which he was led
his king of his honor and his glory the people would sing In fact, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer with Lucky Man. So, one half, one half of a beautiful cut-out piece of, of delicious warm brownie. One half of a piece of brownie goes to Arcadia 73. Arcadia 73 got the band. You got it, Arcadia 73, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. The other half of the brownie goes to Catherine Ironwood. You got the name, Lucky Man. We had some other people, what a lucky man, he's a lucky man, if only they were a lucky man. Okay, but no, you are the two who got it. All right, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer with Lucky Man from 970, a song that was originally written uh, when uh, Greg Lake was uh, 12. Uh, That's actually true. Now, That song leads us into this week's pontification. I want to talk about this very carefully because there's a distinction that I'm going to make, and it's rather uh, fine a point. You may have heard in the past from a number of different 
places, including myself, Candelo Canvisa, uh, Catherine Ironwood, and others that when you are looking for a worker, when you are looking for a worker, you want a worker who has some level of accomplishment or some level of skill that is manifest in their life that relates to the type of work that they're doing for you. In other words, uh, if you want a happy marriage work, you want somebody to do work for you that's going to bring about peace and happiness inside your marriage, then you want to look for a worker who they themselves have had or have a successful and happy marriage. If you're looking for money work, then you want to go to a worker who is not, you know, down on the skids, right? Who can never keep a dollar, all right? Someone who has had some level of success with uh, monetary matters, etc., etc., etc. This is certainly true. I'm not denying it. I myself said it. Um, but this has gotten twisted. This has gotten very, very twisted up out there. I blame a number of different things. One, I, I blame prosperity ministries. As you know, if you're a fan of the show, you know that Professor Porterfield cannot stand prosperity ministries because prosperity ministries set up. The idea that the rich are blessed and the poor are cursed. That those who have money, property, material goods are somehow blessed by God, which they may be because they do in fact have all that. But it's the, it's the corollary. It's the other side of the coin that's my problem. And those that don't are somehow cursed, you see. So in other words, what that does is that sets up this attitude where rich men – where rich men obviously are righteous. Rich men are obviously good. Rich men are obviously blessed. And those who are poor are obviously cursed. Except that sometimes, often, almost the fuck always, rich men become rich by making poor men poor. So how, how much of a blessing and a curse are we really talking about here? Interestingly enough, when you look at, let's say, let's take the seven deadly sins for a moment. Let's take the seven deadly sins for a moment. When you look at the seven deadly sins and how they're being taught and how they come about and they arise, and during this period of time in the early church, the early, this would have been the Catholic church at that point, but it's still the church, all right? I know that some of you, I know some of you Protestants aren't sure that Catholics are Christians, and I got news for you. They're totally Christians. I mean, like 100%. Like, seriously, if you as a Protestant Christian have ever thought, well, you know, Catholicism ain't really Christianity, uh, you re I don't even know where I, – I literally do not have the time to explain to you how wrong you are. Okay, that's a lie. It's going to really bug me if I don't. Protestantism comes out. Of Catholicism, you, it, they're Christians, you know, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ. Okay, okay. Anyway, the point is, looking at the seven deadly sins, what you often find, what you often find, 
it, think about this a moment now, is the seven deadly sins are basically telling all those disinvested, poor-ass, surf-class, oppressed people that, oh, see how blessed you are? See how blessed you are? You work hard all day, so you're not lawful, right? You don't have very much to eat, so you're not gluttonous. You're hardworking. You don't have much, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Really, as a serf, really as an oppressed person, really as a beat-down minion, you should be feeling sorry for me. The Lord up in the castle. I mean, think about it. I, I have all these sins that I have to avoid. Gluttony and lust and sloth and envy. And You're so lucky. You're so lucky to have, be poor and have nothing. So the point is that, that people that are well off, that people that are rich, all right, will pull a number on you either which way they go. Now, what the hell does this have to do with what I talked about with a worker? Well, what it has to do with is this. It's gotten twisted up out there. And more and more, and in every way and in every day, I see this. I see this on social media. I see this in conversations. I hear this being talked about. And what it is is this. There's this assumption that if there's a worker and their life isn't perfect, they don't have a perfect kind of life. Then, then, then there's something wrong with them. Then they're not doing things correctly. Then they're not doing what's right. And it's 10 pounds of hogwash in a five-pound bag. It's bullshit. First of all, think about what you're talking about. You're talking about hoodoo, for fuck's sake. You're talking about hoodoo. Hoodoo is not and was not historically practiced within its proper context by a bunch of fucking rich people. Hoodoo was practiced by a bunch of goddamn poor people. Hoodoo wasn't practiced originally even by free people. It was practiced by slaves. Now you're going to turn around and say, oh, well, unless all this stuff is going on, okay, then you're not a good worker. What? That's ridiculous. You're also not thinking about it in terms of scale. I need I need a worker to do something for prosperity and money work for me. Job work, prosperity work, hold on to money. I need to now go under this argument to a worker who's rich, who lives in a big house. Etc. Well, first of all, I probably can't afford that goddamn worker. Second of all, you've lost scale. If you went to a worker, and this guy lived in Tupelo, Mississippi, and he lived in a common little house with common little things. He didn't have a big screen TV. You know, he didn't have a Armani suit. He didn't drive a brand new car. In fact, he drove a beat up old pickup truck. You might be tempted to say, oh, well, I don't want to go to him for money and prosperity work. Look, he's poor. No, he's not fucking poor. He's poor by a lack of scale in your mind. He owns that little house. He pays the taxes on his land. He's not in debt. He's got money in the bank. You see, your, your mis 
assuming. You're misrepresenting. You're not identifying. You're becoming confused and getting things twisted up. He's self-possessed, owns what he owns, has always had money, meaning he is doing better than his neighbors. But you're looking for a, quote, rich man. Then you start saying, well, I need somebody for love work. You need somebody for love work. So I want somebody that's been married uh, 55 years, and they've never had a fight. I don't want this worker over here. This worker over here is on their third marriage, and sometimes they fuss and fight with each other. I don't want them. But again, you're not understanding. Yeah, their first two marriages were shit. This third marriage is the happiest of marriages. Oh, they fuss and fight, but they, you know, just like anybody does. In fact, two people that never have an argument, that you should be far more worried about that in a couple. You know, far more worried about, oh, they're always an absolute, that's a little, mm, mm, mm. But they don't really fight. There's no violence. There's no hatred. And they're absolutely in love with each other. But you're looking for an image. Oh, I need luck work. So I need to go to somebody that can break the bank in Lust Wages, Nevada. Really? Well, why would I go to this guy? He's just some guy. How lucky is he? How lucky is he? Well, he's a black man. He's still alive in America, and he's running a successful hoodoo practice. And you're just some guy trying to go run the slots. His luck doesn't have to be measured by your image of what it looks like. So what happens here is this. What happens here is this. This truism that we have said, I've said, Candelo said, Catherine Ironwood said, that we've all said, which is true, twisted around. It's gotten twisted up into something that it's not. And in what it's doing is it's promoting the same bullshit that prosperity ministries. Let me give you an example. I got sick during the holiday season. I live in Texas. One day it was 77. The next day it was 19. The next day it was 60. Weirdly, I got sick. I live with two four-year-olds who come into contact with 20 other four to six-year-olds. Strangely enough, I got sick. I live with a spouse who works in a major industrial building filled with hundreds and hundreds of people every day who also have children who also come into contact with other children. Strangely enough, I got sick. I got sick. Everybody in the family got sick to varying degrees. Well, I went I asked to the doctor. The doctor gave me Whatever, take this, take that, you know, get some rest, and you'll be better. And sure enough, having done what the doctor said, I got better. Now, I know people. I know people. I can point them out to you. I can name them. Who, hearing this, bring their sleeve right up near their mouth and chuckle in their sleeve, and they go, well, he must not be very powerful. <laughs> Big-time Professor Butterfield. Yeah! Gonna burn, motherfucker. I'm gonna teach you what for. My this, my that, my spirits, my crows, my single-gazing eye of the pyramid, Mexico City, my inganga, my witch pot brought 
from the Etruscan ancestor, whatever, fill in the goddamn my tarot card, whatever, fill in the tarot cards, or lay it out. See, no real worker would ever gotten sick like that. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking joking? Listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're suggesting. You're suggesting that only true spiritual workers, only those those that really have power, those that really have something, are otherworldly. That they're inhuman. That they don't get sick, they don't get sad, they don't get depressed, they're never fucking hungry, they never have a fight with the husband or the wife, they're never horny and don't have somebody to fuck. They never stub their toe. They never get into a car accident. They are blessed. All right. Let's say you're true. Let's say it's true. Let's just say it's true, goddammit. Let's play that line for a minute. All right. It's 100% true. Why the fuck would I give my money to them? No, seriously. No, seriously. Why would I ever give a penny of my hard-earned, imperfect Life ain't great every single day, all day, money to one of those fucking people, right? Why are they in business? They're perfect. They're fucking perfect. Their life is flawless. Their life is without, without, without problem. Without problem. Why do I need to give them money? Can't they just go down to the goddamn gas station and buy a scratch-off and have $40,000? Why do they need to be in business? Because they're not perfect. Because they're fucking human. Because you're human. Because I'm human. And that's the way life is. Sometimes shit happens. All right? I'm not talking about some sort of caprice or the victims. I'm just saying, People have fights with their spouses, with their lovers. People have trouble sometimes with their kids doing things that they don't want their kids to do. Fuck, I don't want you to go and be, do this or whatever, and the kid still goes. And uh, We have problems with communication. We have problems with all sorts of things. Being a spiritual worker, being a competent spiritual worker, being a well-trained spiritual worker, being even a, dare I say it, righteous spiritual worker does not eliminate problems from your life. It does not mean you will have no problems. It will mean you perhaps will not have certain problems. What it really means is this, that you will have alternative pathways, that you will have different kinds of choices to address your problems. Not that you don't have problems. It doesn't mean that you will be a multimillionaire. Again, don't get it twisted up. Look, I know a worker. He's not quite as well known now as he was not too long ago. Man lives in a big house. Man lives in a, well, what I would call a mansion. It's probably not a mansion, but, you know, I don't even know what that word means anymore, right? Since the McMansion 
franchise thing started, you know, whatever. But he lives in a very big house. Man drives very expensive cars. Man wears Armani suits. All right? Man makes money. Has beautiful office. Excellent computers. Fantastic equipment. Beautifully appointed rooms. Travels all over the country. When he was, you know, a little more well-known. And this fucker is a fraud. He's a fraud. I mean, he's just a fraud. Asshole changes what he says from month to month or every six months, every seven months. Has had about 16 different accents. Has been, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything under the sun. You name it, he's been it. Okay? And he's changed his attitude and his language and his the way he sounds to go with it. And he has had success from his chicanery. Now, wait a minute. Under the problem that we have here that we're discussing, where success equals, you know, truth and righteousness and power and validity, that would mean he was correct. That would mean he's correct. See? If you go by that argument, then you're saying, well, he's fine. He's got the real power. He's got the real power. But he doesn't. He's lying. He's pulling, he's pulling a scam. He's a scam artist. He's pulling a scam artist. Okay? Someone, troll, Talhead, just said, does that mean that God favors chicanery? And if so, what's the type of God? And that's the argument that atheists use, etc., etc. And I'm saying, what does God have to do with it? God doesn't have anything to do with it. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to put forward the proposition that being rich, that having all these things does not make one clean, and that being poor does not make one dirty or cursed, and vice versa, and vice versa. Being poor is not blessed. There ain't no blessing in being fucking poor. I've been there, pal, and it wasn't a fucking blessing. All right? And being rich isn't necessarily being cursed either. A rich man has a better chance of getting into the kingdom of God than an alpaca has of using express mail on a Monday. No. I'm saying that neither of these things is true. Don't get it twisted. Mess it up. Don't forget that what you're looking at You're looking at through your filter of what you've been taught is success. People say, well, Professor Porterfield. Is Professor Porterfield, well, how do I, why why could, could I go to Professor Porterfield for money work? He's not rich. No, I'm not rich. He lives in a 65 year old house. Yes, I do live in a 65 year old house. He, 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 you know, he doesn't drive a big fancy new car. No, I don't drive a big fancy new car. He doesn't have all these th- golden rings and, you know, diamonds. No, I don't have that. But what I do have is a stable house. I do have a house that comforts, supports, aids, shelters my family. Two generations, actually including me, three, three generations of my family in one house. Nobody goes hungry. We don't necessarily eat, you know, prime rib every night, but we're not eating fucking, you know, bologna either. 
So everybody eats. The bills are paid. You see what I'm trying to say to you? I'm not putting myself up here. I'm not, I'm not trying to puff myself up. I'm trying to say to you, do you understand that that is a form of stability and success? You see? That's a form of stability and success. When you look at a worker and you see the worker acting like a crazy asshole, then don't go to the worker, right? They're, they're acting like a crazy asshole. They act unstable. They don't keep their word. They don't seem to be able to keep shit together. They change their name. They change how they talk. They contradict themselves. Their teaching isn't stable. Their work seems strange. Their prices alter. They go, they say, oh, $5,000. You know, they're just all over the fucking place. That's the guy you want to avoid. All right? Let me tell you something right now. If I or my brother Candelo Canvisa were in the middle of fucking nowhere, and I mean nowhere, fucking Mississippi. Now, I don't know why my brother Candelo would be with me in Mississippi because he hates the fucking state, and I, I, maybe, maybe I drove him there while he was asleep. I don't know. But if we were in the middle of Mississippi, the two of us, and we were in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi, and there was a guy who was a conjure man, a root worker, who lived in small towns, so small they didn't have stop signs, all right? And he lived in a little tiny house in the middle of nowhere in a you know, clapboard little house with his little tiny wife, and they had lived there for 65, 70 years, and he said, uh, boys, come on in here. I'm going to show you how to make a, a mojo bag that my daddy told me how to make, and I'm the only one to make this around here. So the two of us would sit our asses down and say, yes, sir. Okay? Neither one of the fuck of us would go, I mean, look at this house. None of us would go, well, his car is fucking 20 years old. None of us would go, this motherfucker doesn't even have a smartphone. How fucking good can his goddamn... His goddamn mojo bag be. We would sit down. Both of us put on our goddamn reading glasses because we both got that age where we can't see nothing without our fucking special glasses. And we would pay the fuck attention and we would say, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. No, three bags full, sir. Can we buy you dinner? Would you like a bottle of liquor? Can I? How much would I need to thank you for having us into your house? This is a beautiful, you got a beautiful house. You got a beautiful little wife. Thank you for letting us in here. You're just, thank you so much. All right, because you get it twisted up, folks, get it twisted up that what success means is the big house and the big bank account and the fancy car and the gold rings and all that shit. And of course, that is a measure of a certain kind of fucking success. But it's not the only measure of success. Being happy, having enough, being content. Being loved and respected back, these things too are a form of success that are not as easily seen. So do not get it mixed up in your heads. What we have been telling you when we say you want to go to these people who have this stability is exactly that. You want to go to people that have stability, people that are consistent, people that are well-trained. 
people that are knowledgeable, people that have a consistency to them of their work outlook, not people that are loosey-goosey, crazy-wazy, running around. Today they're this. Tomorrow they're going to be Etruscan witches. Next week they're all going to be fucking uh, taking goddamn uh, galvanized buckets from the fucking uh, uh, hardware store and pouring uh, a ketchup in it instead of blood and then yelling at Candela can be so that they spiritual pots. We're not talking about those fuckers. We're talking about people that are consistent. We're talking about consistency, stability, insight. We're talking about what endures, what endures. And that is more important sometimes than flash, than gold leaf. You see, there's many a person out there who says they have no problems, who says they have no troubles, who says they are the king of conjure, the king of hoodoo, the king of root work, and they know it all and everything you know is foolish, and they'll correct you about everything you say because you didn't spell it the way I spell it. You spelled root work with a little r. You spelled root work with a big r. You spelled roots, R-O-O-T-S, and not R-O-T-Z. You didn't spell it the way I do it. You didn't say it the way I say it, and I am the king And look, I got the gold band on my hand. And look, I got the diamond ring on my pinky. And look, I got the gold watch in my pocket. And I got the Armani suit. And I came here in a goddamn Rolls Royce from my 20-room mansion. So you know damn well that I'm the truth and you're not. Because I'm the king. And at the end of the day, they don't know a goddamn thing. You call yourself the Jungle King. You call yourself the Jungle King. You call yourself the Jungle King. I found out you ain't a doggone thing. Said the monkey to the lion on a bright summer day. Say, man, there's a big bad cat living down the way. You know, he talks about your folks in a heck of a way. And he says a whole lot of things that I'm sort of afraid to say. While the lion jumps salty, all full of rage, like a Harlem cat that's left in his cage. He meets the elephant up under a great big tree, and he says, now look here, big boy, it's either you or me. They fought all night and they fought all day. Man, I really don't know how, but the lion, he got away. He came back to the jungle more dead than alive, and that's when the monkey started to signify. You call yourself the jungle king. You call yourself the jungle king. You call yourself the jungle king. I found out you ain't a doggone thing. You call yourself the Jungle King. 
I found out you ain't a doggone thing. Well, he worked up his temple when he was jumping up and down, and his foot missed a limb and his head hit the ground. Like a bolt of lightning and a stick of heat, the lion was on the poor monkey with all four feet. The monkey looks up from the corner of his eyes, and he says, Now, Mr. Lion, I apologize. The monkey on his back, now he's slick, he studies up a scheme. He's trying to trick the old jungle king. He said, now bear with me, Mr. Lion, like a good lion should. Please don't tear me up and throw me all over the woods. Well, the lion jumps up and he squares off to fight. Oh, but the monkey fooled him. He was completely out of sight. You call yourself the jungle king. You call yourself the jungle king. You call yourself the jungle king. I found out you ain't a doggone thing. Oh, yes, and that was, of course, Cab Calloway with The Jungle King, also known as You Ain't Done, A Doggone Thing. And the winner of the brownie on that one is Christy XP. You know, I think, uh, and I'm absolutely assured of this, that uh, good old Cab was just doing the same thing with that song that we're doing here at the LMC Radio Network. You know, just sending out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rural Power with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Correll, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead, Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows each and every week. Well, folks, before he leaves the building and we hear him no more on the air, our friend Patchy Fogg has a few words for you. Hello, folks. This is Phil Fogg here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. That's right. The Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. You know, friends, I could sit here and say a lot about these fine folks, but let me tell you a little personal story. 
three years ago when I became involved with the Now You Know show, I didn't know hoodoo from ham hocks. And I had never heard of the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. When I found out that I was going to be a part of a show that they were the sponsors from, I have to tell you that I was not only rightly confused, but dubious and a tad suspicious. But in the now following time period, it has been my pleasure to get to know these people and also to see the extremely fine quality work that these individuals do. Let me tell you something, folks. I enjoy when things are made properly, made the old way, with time and care. And I like to think that that's a part of what I represent, not only on the air, but with the rest of the dealings that I have in my life. And I have found that the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 663 Covey Road, Forestville, California, is also that sort of establishment. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. And all of these products are made lovingly, bought from quality suppliers, displayed in a manner that takes me back to my childhood when we would go into the candy store. And I cannot recommend them enough. Not only do they provide you with fine quality goods and services, but also right there on location, they house the world's smallest church. That's the Missionary Spiritual, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, folks, who also are the people behind the Crystal Silence League, a very fine group of prayer circle and prayer warriors. I can't recommend these folks enough. If you get a chance, stop on by 663. If you can't make it out there, you can zip on by now on the internet. Go over to www.luckymojo.com and check them out. You'll be glad you did. If you get a chance to go over there, tell them Patchy sent you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Patchy Fog. Up next... A new segment on the show, a little something we're going to call What We Do. This week on What We Do, we're going to be talking about mojo bags, or if you prefer, mojo hands. I'm going to do that and get me a mojo hand. I'm going to do that. Get me a mojo hand I'm gonna fix my woman so She can't have no other man Cold ground was my bed last night Rocks was my pillow too Cold ground was my bed last night Rocks was my pillow too I woke up this morning I was wondering what in the world am I going to do? I lay down thinking about me a mojo hand. I lay down thinking about me a mojo hand. I didn't want to fix my woman so she can't have no other man. 
But don't let your woman Fix you like mine, fix me Don't let your woman, boy Fix you like mine, fix me She make a fool about her About as a fool can be about the secrets of scriptural sorcery and then we talked about all sorts of divination and now we're going to talk about the individual things techniques and sort of things that you might do uh inside of root work and conjure and hoodoo and by that i don't necessarily mean oh using this plant or using that that's in our in the kitchen section i'm talking about the general sort of headings and tonight we're talking of course about mojo bags also known as mojo, ha- ba- mojo hands, uh, trick bags, conjure sacks, tobies. Uh, this also includes jomos, jack balls, and to some extent, even the famous nation sack. Uh, they are all uh, charm spells that are put together and prepared and then placed and fixed into a small bag, or in the case of a jack ball or some tobies, a ball that you person would carry on their person. The mojo primarily resembles a small bag, 
often made out of red flannel cloth or soft leather, and it's tied with a drawstring. Uh, but inside it, there's a type of contained spell or a, a charm inside, which is made up of botanical, zoological, or mineral curios, uh, petition papers, uh, coins, and other such things, all of which have been selected, blended together, prayed over, brought to life, and set working to accomplish the type of magical task that the root doctor has prescribed for their client. Now, those who make or craft mojos and jacks, um, and particularly those who do it more exclusively, meaning that is sort of the center of their work, are often known as Toby makers. Um, the various names uh, for a mojo bag are fairly regional. Now, again, let's stop and talk about that for a moment. As you may know, uh, your dear Professor Porterfield is a great believer in regionalism. In other words, there is conjure, there is root work, there is hoodoo, there is that stuff here in America. And there are certain parts of it that are well, sort of universal. You find them everywhere. And then there are other parts that you don't find everywhere. You find that in Tennessee. You find that in Florida. You find that in the low country of the Carolinas. You find that in, oh, Georgia. You find that in South Texas. You find that in Baltimore. And you find that in California. And to me, this is regionalism, um, meaning it is still obviously the same practice centered around the same concepts, operating within the same context and with the same motifs from the same background. There's no question of that, but then there are certain regional distinctions. I have discovered somewhat to my shock that this has made me extremely unpopular and that uh, basically most people are not regionalists. They don't believe in regionalism. In fact, they're distinctly other than that. They believe that their form of practice is the correct form and all others are wrong. Or the time period that their practice comes from is the correct or and all other time periods. Or the greater region, meaning rural versus urban, urban versus rural, certainly never suburban, is correct and all the others are wrong. And etc. Well, I hear what they're saying, I just haven't seen the truth of it. And the more I travel and the more places I go and the more people I talk to, the more I am convinced that I am correct. And that there are differences from place to place, and yet we're all still doing the same thing. So because of that, there are many regional names for mojo bags or for a specific type of mojo, which include <coughs> mojo hand, conjure bag, root bag, conjure hand, toby, trick bag, and jomo. In fact, uh, you know, uh, you will include into this, to some extent, uh, Gree Gree, bags, spell bags called Gree Gree, uh, 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 which you find in areas of the United States primarily settled by the French. Uh, you also find the Nation Sack, um, which you uh, actually find a lot of that around Memphis. Um, in Haiti, 
the usual name for this sort of charm bag is Owanga or Owanga or Wanger. And they're also called paquettes by some. Now, obviously, there are distinctions between those, and there are subtleties of form between them. Inevitably, you're going to hear someone tell you that, oh, mine is right and everybody else's is wrong. And anybody that uses, or more, more often what you'll hear is this, you called it that and that's not it, and therefore you don't know what you're talking about. But all you got to do is travel one state away and you'll find a different name. The covering, the substance that makes up the outside of the mojo bag, is often red flannel. Uh, this is because red is considered a lucky color. Uh, for its uh, it, how it affects life conditions, um, and also in the old days, red flannel was used to make underwear, uh, long johns, and uh, it they could therefore be magically linked to the person whose underwear it was made out of, and it could be found as spare cloth, little tiny bits of spare cloth. In contemporary or modern-day hoodoo practice, other colors of flannel or cloth may be used instead of red, including green for money, blue for peacefulness, or white for blessing and safety. Um, sometimes you will find brocade uh, drawstrings bags, it's called by some Chinese luck bags, or chamois leather bags. Um, now, the chamois leather bags come out of a Native American practice with medicine bags. But they're also possible, very popular with uh, Grigri makers. And some spiritual practitioners sew an amulet or charm on the outside of the bag to signify its purpose. But it's not necessary. But some people like the way it looks. The next question comes, what's inside a mojo bag? Well, what's inside a mojo bag can be a lot of things. Herbs, roots, minerals, name papers, written petitions, prayers... Uh, magical seals, including traditional Jewish magical seals, Solomonic seals, talismans, charms, personal concerns, including hair, fingernail clippings, bits of cloth that have semen, vaginal juice, or sweat, lucky coins, lucky dice. It is a very common practice to make a mojo bag out of an odd number of items in the bag. But that's not a, a truism. It's not an absolute. Some people won't, but some people like to. A jack ball, which we've also mentioned, unlike these other types of bags that we're talking about, is based on a personal item. And it's typically a small sample of uh, something physical from the person, such as hair or uh, fingernail clients um, or uh, something that uh, uh, has been soaked in urine. Um, and in some very, very rare cases, an item from the body um, of a person whom the client wishes to remain in contact with instead. So instead of their own personal concern, it's somebody else's personal concern. And all of this is bound up in a small, uh, often wax ball. After all of these things that we've talked about are brought together. Uh, the conjure doctor, the root worker, uh, fixes and prepares them. And as with all contained spells, there are many individual ways that a conjure doctor might perform this rite, including breathing onto them or breathing into the bag, uh, smoking it in uh, the incense of a variety 
of different incenses or substances or herbs that are being burned, passing it over a candle flame at an altar, or holding it in their hands and praying over it, calling upon it, naming it, and awakening it. Once fixed and prepared, uh, it is then fed to keep it working. And it's generally fed with, oh, a perfume, cologne, uh, an, an anointing oil, or straight up whiskey. And once it has been uh, prepared and fixed and closed and set to work, then it is given to a client and they are taught how to pray over it, how to keep it alive and going, how to speak to it, how to work with it, and how and when to feed it with a few drops of uh, what we've talked about before, perfume, anointing oil, whiskey, or in some cases, uh, even drops of the client's own urine. Now, once you've got it, you keep it out of sight, and especially out of touch, meaning others will not be able to touch it. So they shouldn't be seeing it, and they certainly, absolutely should not be touching it. And a mojo is typically worn by a person under their clothes. Said that if someone else touches your mojo, it can kill its luck, that it can kill it, uh, take its luckiness away. And when you're not carrying your conjure bag, it should be kept hidden away someplace safe. Now, here's a problem that we've started to see nowadays. And that is the oversized mojo bag. Okay? That is the mojo bag that looks like a, a, a blackjack. Hey, you can knock somebody out with this sucker. Um, and I'm not sure how this came about. Obviously, it came about because, A, some people had never seen mojo bags uh, in their real common everyday life when they went to go make them. And so they just sort of went with it. The other thing is that there are a lot of people who like to have the idea of better, stronger, bigger, faster, harder, longer, more. And the way you get that is obviously by using more and more and more. And so you put 26 items into a goddamn mojo bag, and pretty soon you got something the size of a pillowcase. A mojo bag should be able to be kept easily. All right. Easily on a person. Meaning, for a woman, it should fit potentially into her brassiere, uh, into a pocket that doesn't bulge out the pocket, uh, around your neck, all right, uh, so that it doesn't, you know what I'm saying, so it doesn't bulge up your shirt. Uh, even inside a hat. Well, how much space is there inside a hat when you're wearing the hat? But we see nowadays a lot of these oversized mojos. And the other thing we see is a lot of mojos that I don't see how you can carry it on your person in your day-to-day -day life without ruining your other clothes. Meaning they're soaked in oil. Or they're drowned in whiskey, or they're just you know they're 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 just they're just overdone. And obviously, you know, if you had that and you were wearing a white shirt, you're gonna mess up that white shirt, mess up that white dress, mess up that bra, mess up your the inside of your pockets, 
etc., etc., etc. And so, boom, there you go. You don't want to be having large and overtly drippy, greasy, gooey, ooey uh, mojo bags. Which is not to say that when they're first dressed and fixed, you know, be a little damp from whiskey or urine or oil. Mojo bags can be made for a variety of conditions and situations. I mean, they can be used to draw love, to draw friendship, to bring about friendship, to bring good luck, to bring success in gambling, to help uh, with prosperity, to help with job getting and job keeping, to protect the bearer from evil or cross conditions or work being done against them, to bring about uh, complacency or mindfulness from a spouse for just straight up regular old work, luck. In fact, uh, like a jackball, a jackball is, is used for pretty much just good old fashioned luck, but it can also be used as a, as a, a pendulum. You can also use the jackball for dowsing or doodle bugging or water witching, uh, depending on you know what you know. But you can use it for all sorts of things: domination in love. Protection of a love affair, meaning so that, you know, like you can have the love affair and your partner or your spouse, I should say, doesn't find out or maybe both. To regain a lover from a rival, uh, to start uh, arguments amongst others, to control and rule over a lover or a boss or a foe for sexual power and potency and prowess. So there you go. There are also just, I mean, this is so normal. This is so well-known. This is so – why did I start with this? Why didn't I start with something else? Why, why didn't you start with working on candles? I like working with candles. I like too much eating. You're doing too much goddamn candle work to begin with. That's why. And the other reason is because this is so absolutely within context. And you need to look at the world to find that out. I could just sit here and name them. You know, all of these songs that talk about this. A Ticket Agent Blues – uh, Tell My Woman Blues, Spider Nest Blues, Secret Mojo Blues, Scary Day Blues, Mojo Hand Blues, Mojo Hand, which we just heard by Lightning Hopkins, Mojo Blues, The Mojo, Mojo Boogie, Low Down Mojo Blues, Louisiana Hoodoo Blues, Louisiana Blues, Little Queen of Spades, Keep Your Hand Off My Mojo, Jomo Blues, I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man, I'm Your Mojo Bag, Got My Mojo Working, Come On In My Kitchen, and Aunt Carolyn Dryer Blues, just to list a few. Of the songs, not to mention expressions of speech, art, literature. This is one of the most common parts of root work, of conjure, of of, of hoodoo. And you see it. And it has a relationship to so many other things, to divination, to divining. Conjure lamps to container spells to bottle spells, etc. And I hope that this week you will take a little time to go out and study and learn more about perhaps the most popular item in Conjure, the mojo bag. The what we do section comes to us with aid from all the wonderful people at AIR the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and their wonderful website 
at readersandrootworkers.org. Why not stop on by and give it a look? And we thank them for that inclusion each and every week. Up next, we're going to be going into the kitchen and talking about caraway. That's right, caraway. Spice, both are so nice. Ginger's a beauty, spice is a cutie. I can't make my mind up. Tell me who should it be? Which little she's better for me? Ginger and spice, oh, both are so nice. But if I choose one, I'm bound to lose one. So why marry either and be peppered with rice when I can have ginger and spice? Reap or ginger and spice mm, Both are so nice But if I choose one I'm bound to lose one So why marry either And be peppered with rice When I can have ginger I can have ginger I can have ginger and spice Oh, yes, and half a brownie goes to Troll Talhead before identifying that that song was, in fact, Ginger and Spice, except that was Hoagie Carmichael. That's right, Hoagie Carmichael with Ginger and Spice. Now, Professor, why did you play that song, Ginger and Spice, when you're going to be uh, talking about Caraway? It makes no sense. Normally, when you talk about something, you have a song that mentions it. I'm so confused. Well, I'll tell you. The reason is because, believe it or not, there has been a trend of late, past oh, three to four years, in culinary circles to start replacing caraway with ginger in a number of traditional Recipes. Replacing caraway with ginger, that's absurd. I, 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 oh, goodness, I don't think I can bear. Well, no, you're quite right. That's, it is absurd. It is absurd. It is absurd. And yet, there you go. So that's why the song. Caraway, also known as Meridian Fennel and Persian Cumin, is native to Western Asia, Europe, and North Africa. Caraway has been called by many names in different regions, with names deriving from the Latin cuminum, cumin, the Greek caron, again cumin, which was adapted into Latin as carum, now meaning caraway, and uh, also uh, from the Sanskrit caravai, sometimes translated as caraway, but other times understood to mean fennel. Uh, English use of the term caraway uh, dates back to at least oh, around 1440 and uh, is considered to be of Arabic origin. The fruit uh, usually used whole, um, and in this I should stop for a moment. 
uh, and explain to you that caraway is similar in appearance uh, to other members of the carrot family, uh, which means it has finely divided feathery leaves with thread-like divisions uh, growing uh, uh, on uh, stems that range from about seven and a half to eleven and a half inches. And the main flower stem is tall with small white or pink flowers. Caraway fruits, which are called seeds, erroneously, they're called seeds, but they're actually fruits, are crescent-shaped, and they're about, oh, not, not even an eighth of an inch long, um, with uh, five pale ridges. And the fruits, uh, which most people call seeds, are usually used whole, but they have a pungent um, anise-like flavor and aroma that comes uh, from essential oils in them. And caraway is used as a spice in breads, especially rye bread. Uh, it's also used in desserts, uh, liqueurs, casseroles, and other foods. Uh, it's found in some traditional European cuisine, such as caraway seed cake, uh, and is frequently added to sauerkraut. Of course, when I was young, I was taught that uh, the sauerkraut that had caraway in it was called Bavarian sauerkraut. That's Bavarian sauerkraut. And that the uh, sauerkraut that didn't have caraway, that was just sauerkraut or uh, German sauerkraut. That's German sauerkraut. And uh, one of the caraway seeds is Bavarian sauerkraut. But anyway, so to this day, if it has caraway seeds in it, I still call it Bavarian sauerkraut. Don't know that that's true. Don't know if that's true, but, you know, there we go with the sauerkraut. Uh, the roots of the caraway uh, plant may be cooked as a vegetable, uh, very much like a parsnip or a carrot. And additionally, the leaves are sometimes consumed uh, as an herb, either dry or raw or cooked, uh, similar to parsley. Uh, in fact, in Serbia, uh, caraway is commonly sprinkled over uh, a homemade salty scone, um, and it's also used to flavor uh, some cheeses, um, and it makes a very good um, uh, 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 flavoring to cheese. And then there is a liqueur, um, uh, which is uh, Akvita, um, and often Akvita in its, uh, is kept frozen. Um, it doesn't freeze itself, it's a liqueur, but it's kept, the bottle is kept in a frozen like a cube, okay? So basically you have like a sheath of frozen ice around the bottle. Um, and it's a caraway liqueur, um, which most people dislike uh, strongly. And I happen to be a huge fan of it. Um, it's essential oil. Uh, the caraway fruit oil is also used as a fragrance uh, for soaps and lotions and perfumes. And caraway is also used as a breath freshener and has a very long tradition of use in folk medicine, particularly uh, as a tonic um, to aid in uh, digestion and to settle the stomach. In root work, conjure, and hoodoo, caraway is used as a protective and healing curio, and it's also used in some love spells. It can be used speaking of uh, mojo bags and hands, as in a toby for a baby. To make this toby for a baby, you place caraway seeds in a white 
flannel bag, along with angelica root, golden seal root, flax seeds, and other healing or protective herbs. And anoint this conjure hand with 7-Eleven holy oil or blessing oil and hang it over the baby's crib or tuck it into the stroller to ward off illness and harm. It can also be used to soothe a crying baby. To do this, you boil caraway seeds, salt, and a pinch of bluing in water and rub this tea over the child's body downwards to take off the proper condition. Medical causes uh, may be at the root of the baby's fretting, so you should always take your child to the doctor to be checked if the crying persists. But I would come back to you on this to point this out. To soothe the crying baby and to uh, protect or aid a baby, we see the use of caraway. And we've already discussed that caraway has been used in folk medicine as an aid to digestion. And therefore, here is its connection as a cure child who is crying because the child is probably colicky. All right. Caraway can also be used against the evil eye if you fear uh, that the envious gaze of strangers may harm your baby. Here it comes back to a small child. Sew a cloth packet of caraway into the child's clothing. And then finally, also we can see caraway being used for marital faithfulness. Caraway seeds are said to put a stop to sexual fickleness. And they may be baked into bread, as we talked earlier, and fed to one's mate for that purpose. So here we see a lot of very interesting things about caraway, and I think if you will take a moment to look at them and consider them, you'll see that there is a lot of interaction with them, meaning there's a lot of interrelationship between these things and what we're talking about. And uh, we're protecting a child from the evil eye, and a colicky child may be coming under some sort of influence. And here this is used to help with digestion. And so we're also using it to break off a cross condition that may be causing upset to the child that may be manifesting as the child will be having colic, etc., etc., etc. And I hope that you will take some time this week to go out and consider caraway, very common caraway that you've probably been around and had and may have even grown and have certainly eaten and seasoned food with and had in bread or maybe in a liquor or maybe in a dessert. And it's probably been around you your whole life and you've never stopped to think about it. Oh, well, here's this caraway. Oh, so take a little time to get to know caraway seeds, which are actually caraway fruit. Remember that and see what you can Aid yourself with this week with caraway, even if you don't have a child. Our In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week, not only from our own knowledge, but also from the excellent book, Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood. And we thank you so much. So thank her. We thank her so much for its inclusion in the show each and every week. 
Well, we have had a very nice time this week, but we have a little bit more to talk about before you go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, sit down, sit down. Oh, you're so quick, you're so fast to click the button on the, with the mouse on the computer and turn it. it I, in my day, didn't, I didn't have such, it's nothing but a telegraph machine stuck to a waffle iron and already clicking. All right, so calm down. We have some more to talk about. Don't be in such a hurry. First of all, we want to say again goodbye to our dear friend, Patchy Fogg. We're going to miss him next week. Expect someone new in the newsroom. We'll be doing auditions throughout the week. Um, and in fact, if you would like to read the news uh, for uh, the Now You Know show, maybe uh, send us a, a bit of uh, send us a bit of mail, and maybe we'll have you in for auditions, and, and maybe you too can read the news on the Now You Know show. It, it the pay is terrible, the pay is just awful. And also, I wanted to take a few more moments to talk to you a little bit about this year's Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This is going to be the 10th annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and it will be May 13th and 14th of this very year, 2017. And what can you expect if you go? Well, friends, let me tell you just a few of the things that you can expect. You can expect two fantastic and wonderful public ceremonies, one by Storm Fairy Wolf, and one by your friend and mine, Candelo Cambisa. You can also expect a book and workshop from our own Catherine Ironwood. Also, a thrilling new book from your friend and mine, Aura LaForest, and a workshop about her book, as well as a book from Miss Aida and a workshop from her as well as the premiere of the long-awaited, oft-anticipated, whispered about in certain corners and certain dark spaces. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about none other than the release of Vulvomancy. Vulvomancy by Dr. Jeremy Weiss, M.D. I shit you not. There have been whispers. It's been for years. People have said, will there be, will there be Vulvomancy? Yes, Virginia. There will be Volvomancy at this year's Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Also, there will be a workshop on spirit boards, talking boards, as the good professor calls them, yes-yes boards, because, of course, it's Ouija, and that's we and ya. Anyway, from Chaz Bogan, there will be a, a workshop on, on wonderfulness about, about uh, being fit, and being foxy and attraction, the law of attraction and attracting and bringing things to you by Madame Nadia and her fellow compatriot in crime, uh, Jeda. Also, we will have entertainment throughout the day at lunch from Madame Pamita and the one and only John St. Germain. And there will be a fantastic group panel workshop as always, this year with such people as Candela Canviso, Mikhail Maurer, and others talking about law work, 
very specific law work as well. Law work to get specific things done under the law. What about custody of children? What about being a plaintiff? What about being a defendant? What about winning those, uh, you know, that, that you've been harmed at the job place and you need to have that compensation? You need to win that compensation. So look for that. And... Of course, all of this will be emceed by that uh, gadfly, well-known gadfly and man about town, uh, the one, the only, myself, Professor Porterfield. It's going to be a fantastic time. We're going to have a presenter's dinner Saturday night, as we have for a number of years, so you can come and sit at a table with any number of the presenters, get to know them, get to talk to them, get to be up close and have a wonderful evening meal with them. There will be breakfast and lunch provided at the festival, as it is every year. And you're going to meet some fantastic people, take home some fantastic books, some great bits for spell work. You're going to learn things. You're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. You might cry, but you're always going to have the memories. And if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, there are going to be some of the best, and I mean best, and most respected readers in a variety of forms of divination. They're doing readings. That's right. Want playing cards read? You get... There are going to be people who are going to be there reading playing cards. Need bones thrown? There are going to be people there doing that. Chumalangas? There are people doing that. Tarot cards? People doing that. Palmistry? People doing that. Crystal gazing? People doing that. And these are some of the greats, folks. So, before it even begins, before it even begins to be too late, start making your plans now to be in Forestville, California, May 13th and 14th for the 10th annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. There are only going to be two more after this one. Listen to me say that to you again. There are only going to be two more after this one. This is the 10th annual. Then there will be the 11th annual. 12th annual, that's it. 12th annual, that's it. I know a lot of you have said, oh, I got to get out there, man. I mean, next year, for sure, I'm going to, next year, next year, buddy, I tell you, I'm going to be there. We're going to put the dogs, we got a dog sitter here. He's a great guy. He's got like, he's got five and a half acres out here by the lake, and the dogs love it. We're going to take the dogs out there, and we're going to drive. We're going to take the pickup. We're going to drive all the way through, through the night to get to California. Listen, listen. This year, two more years, and that's it. Twelfth annual is the last. Twelfth annual is the last. So make your plans now to get out there before it's too late. And then you'll only be able to say what might have been. It'll be like Woodstock, right? Everybody would. Oh, yeah, I was at Woodstock. Oh, yeah, I went to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival every year. Uh-huh. Sure you did. All right. 2019, last year. Don't be late. Also, the week before the festival will be May 8th to 12th, the Apprenticeship Week. So if you've graduated 
from the Hoodoo Correspondence Course, come out and participate and learn and join in as a part of the Apprenticeship Week that's held right before the festival. If you haven't graduated, hurry up. Hurry up. Get your homework in. If you get your homework in and you get your homework graded and you pass, then you can come out for the Apprenticeship Week. Be there for the Apprenticeship Week and end it up on the weekend with the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's a grand, wild ride. And there will be people that will be there. I will be there, and as I said before, I'll actually be there. You can actually come up and touch me and go, oh, I thought it did. Professor Porter said he was with Candelo Conviso will be there. You can touch him, too, but only in certain places at certain times. He'll let you know. There'll be a sign. There'll be a small sign. And there may be a small charge as well. Well, that's it, folks. We've had a grand time talking about so many different things. We've talked about workers. We've talked about success. We've talked about mojo bags and caraway. We've had a great time, had some delicious, a delicious recipe, said goodbye to our dear friend, <clears throat> Patchy Fogg. Hope he does well and has fun tooling around the country in his uh, Winnebago. And unlike the last two years, I will say to you, a little different this time. We've changed it up in honor of Donny J. We've changed it up. This is not the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. And don't back to fool with. I'm on down to Dallas, drink call the kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City. And Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way, but I'm doing well. Thank you.